It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coots and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three-Cylinder Star Drive. I'm Roger Colby. I'm a science fiction writer. And I'm Richard Coots, and I am a fount of pop culture trivia. <laughs> um, okay, so um, today, Richard, Richard and I, we got this idea because we are like, Man, you know, we've we've done some podcasts where we've spoiled some films and stuff, mm-hmm. and I think we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah, we don't want to do that we're, anymore. So, okay, so we're making a solemn pledge to you, the listener. We will never spoil another film or television show, okay? Um, we will, however, review some sometimes because mm-hmm. we go see a lot of films and stuff and watch TV and whatnot. Um, Unless it's time. something like Septic Man, then I will tell you oh, yeah, all yeah. about that. I mean, that. our dollar, dollar <laughs> rental of the week, we're going to tell you why you should watch it. Or um, why you shouldn't. Yeah, or why you shouldn't. Uh, but, you know, um, we're all just like, if you listen to this podcast like us, you're kind of one of these bored sci-fi people that's uh-huh. seen everything and done everything, and you just kind of want to see something new. So, um, format of the podcast at this point, we're just going to do what we did kind of last week, last couple weeks, where we've just talked about something that really irks us or... Whatever. So this week, um, we want to talk about, okay, how many of you guys, by a show of hands, uh, can't really see you, this is a recording no. podcast, but, by a show, but how many of you guys would be like, you know, hey, I, I, I follow like uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes to get my ideas whether I want mm-hmm. to see a film or not. And, and I'm, I'm going to say a lot of people do. A lot right? of people do. But you shouldn't. Yeah, you shouldn't. And no. it's not... And we're not blaming Rotten Tomatoes here. No, Let's, no, no, no. We're going to tell you what we mean by that. It's just a tool, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is just a tool. Uh-huh. It aggregates, like, every review there is mm-hmm. of a film. It compiles, it just compiles reviews by mm-hmm. uh, use, uh, by Hollywood critics or yeah. by uh, just users right. and stuff, and uh, it just kind of does makes a consensus. But let me tell you something. We've seen a couple films recently... That got really bad reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but oh, yeah. we loved them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We and I'm not kidding. I would go back and watch them again. And as a matter of fact, there are two films we're going to talk about today that honestly um, we wish that would have gotten better review. So we would have seen one of them. We wish we could have seen, got a better review so we could see it in IMAX. Oh yeah. Because it w- it would have been great in IMAX. It would have been great. We're talking about Valerian. Valerian. Uh, the I mean, and all the critics were like, "Oh, it's a mess. It's like the story is terrible, and the the main characters are what they say about the yeah." Main they said the main characters are like dull and uninteresting, and I don't know. I found them pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought I liked them. I thought they were pretty. Uh, I thought they were. Pretty compelling. And, and, and you know, you're, you, you, I'm a guy who's read tons and tons of classic uh-huh. literature. I'm going to tell you that there's a lot beneath the surface of Valerian. <laughs> the, 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 I mean, there's a lot beneath the surface. That movie has a lot of layers and onion. It's like an onion. It's just like, mm-hmm. it doesn't smell like an onion. But, you know, it's 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 got a lot of layers to it. You know, it has this really great, like, uh, anti-colonial message. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it um, it's got, um, you know... I felt that the all the the weird races and stuff didn't really overpower it. You know, yeah. the, you know, you feel like you're man. That whole bit where they're in the bazaar at the beginning of the movie was just fascinating. Yeah, it was really cool. honestly. I'm still a little lost on some how some of that sure. worked. I don't even understand. I still don't understand how some of that worked. 
that's for the special features. I'm going to be watching those things so sure. they can tell me how this works because I'm not smart enough right, to figure but, I mean, it out. Without really spoiling it, um, there's a there's a scene in the movie where it's like a big bazaar, mm-hmm. okay? But the technology for how the bazaar operates is so fantastic that, but it's workable. It's like, okay, if you had that kind of technology, you could do that. And mm-hmm. it would be a great way for you to get that much merchandise in one place so that all these, you know, people could buy it, mm-hmm. you know, and they could put their hands on it, look at it and pick it up and, you know, feel it and stuff. Because, you know, like Amazon, you're just going based on a picture and a review, right? Yeah. But, I mean, if Amazon was like that, I mean, the technology is, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's absolute that scene blew me away. I mean, and I'd never seen anything like it. It's incredibly inventive, mm-hmm. incredibly creative, yet at the same time has its own physics that really works. Yeah. So, um, what was another part of the film that you thought was pretty amazing that really wowed you? Uh, well, they had these uh, robots. Um, they are like pre-programmed to, well, to carry out a certain task and course if i tell you what that is it's gonna get into spoiler territory but you but yeah but you um i think what you're getting at is that they were kind of like they were very intimidating mm -hmm, they were and you were just waiting for something to happen with them yeah they were but they're always following the uh these human soldiers around Mm -hmm. and uh kind of looming over them the whole time so whenever it happens Mm -hmm. the thing happens how did you feel about it i mean was it too over the top, or was it just like, oh, my no, God, no, no? You, you kind of see, you know, what's going to happen, but it's still really intense. Yeah, you know where this is going. I mean, you don't know completely the reason, of course, but uh-huh. you uh-huh. know what's going to happen. Uh, really. One one problem with a movie like this is uh, really difficult to pull off is uh, all the tech that you have in the film. It has to be believable to some extent, mm-hmm. and in the world that you're creating. And uh, I felt that all the tech really worked. One of my favorite things in this movie was that um, shield gun. It shoots out a little shield that just pops out, and either you can walk on it or you can use it to deflect bullets or deflect, like, blaster bolts and stuff. That was sweet. I mean, (laughs) I I was, as a person who writes science fiction, Uh I'm always trying to come up with, like, new and interesting weapons or gear or something that my heroes can use. And, um... Man, this this movie has me beat. I mean, I'm just watching this going, man, I wish I'd have thought of that. There's this uh, there's this piece of technology I thought was, it was actually a, a pretty funny bit. Um, I won't tell you the bit, but it's, uh, you basically, they shoot this dart or something into people, and basically they become like a puppet. Oh, yeah. And oh, they yeah. just move and do whatever you do. It's like, uh... I wonder if say it's like nanites or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what it is. That guy's really wearing like explain. a helmet, and then, and he's got like this yeah. weird um, screen that goes all the way around his head. It's kind of thin. Yeah. It's like maybe two inches tall, mm-hmm. and it goes all the way around the, the the peripheral vision. Yeah. And so whatever the guy does, the guy has to do whatever yeah. he does. It's just cool. I mean, that's the thing about Luke Basson. Um, I mean, he's coming up with this stuff. I don't know if he's coming up with it or he's got people doing it. But whoever his team was, man, they came up with some amazing tech for this film. And it works. It's not like overpowering or stupid or cumbersome, you know, or what. It's just really cool. Oh, and, and if you don't know, he made uh, Taken. So 
There's a Taken joke in there, so, so <laughs> watch, for l- watch for that. Yeah, watch for the Taken joke. Mm-hmm. All right, so the other film that got awful, I mean 18% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes is a movie that Richard and I got to get in to see uh, as, a, as a sneak peek. Uh-huh. Okay, what's the movie? Uh, it's The Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh my gosh. So if you like, if you love Lethal Weapon like I do, mm-hmm. you are going to love this movie. It's one of the funniest movies I've seen all year. It is, and it's hilarious. It's one of the best comedies in a long time. It is a great buddy comedy, Mm -hmm. and they're not really buddies. They hate each other's guts. (laughs) But um, it's Samuel L. Jackson's hard-charging, foul-mouthed, you know, full-on, you know, take-charge kind of character that you're used to. Um, But paired with Ryan Reynolds' snarky kind of laid back uh, sarcasm mm-hmm. which it's just the man their chemistry is so good I mean I don't I who would have thought you put Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds together in a movie and I just saw the preview of it and I was like oh I have to see that yeah when I saw um, and man it was so funny yeah it was it was <laughs> hilarious I'm glad we went to see it before this this is the problem why we're talking about this glad we went to see it before before we before, saw reviews. Yeah, before reviews yeah, got to roll out. I was all jazzed to see uh, Valerian, too. Mm-hmm. And I saw those reviews, and I just went, oh, man, see? I don't know. I'm not going to see it. And, yeah. I, and it was Richard's like, well, we were going to see. What were we going to see that day? We are going to see um, something else. I think we were going to see The Dark Tower. Oh, right. We we're going to see The Dark Tower, mm-hmm. which is another one you say is pretty good. Well, um, but uh, we were going to see Dark Tower, and then I saw the reviews for Dark Tower on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, oh, man. Man, I really am bummed about that. I read some of the reviews, and I'm like, is it that bad? And um, so we went to see Valerian instead, and we had a great time watching Valerian. But this movie, this uh, this Hitman's Bodyguard, is just man. It's I'm not kidding. It's probably one of the funniest movies I've seen all year. It's oh, not yeah. the funniest movie I've I, seen in a long time. Yeah, I laughed. I laughed a real. I laughed a lot. <laughs> I laughed so hard, uh, my stomach hurt when I left. I was. In pain, uh, um, it's got you know Samuel L. Jackson, of course, and Ryan Reynolds, but it also has uh, Salma Hayek in a role that honestly is not typical of. No, at least in <laughs> at least in English films, I don't it's, know. I don't know how I don't know her Spanish I don't, films. But, yeah, I don't know how. Oh her. my word, she's saucy. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, there's the. Uh, I just don't want to say anything about the film no. other than just you know go see it. I will say that my favorite bit, though, is, is near the end. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's there's this villain monologue at the end, and it's my favorite bit of the whole movie. Oh, yes. That monologue at the end and what happens what after happens, the monologue yeah. is probably one of the great moments. You know, and there's also, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I was thinking about this. I want to uh-huh. go see the movie again because mm-hmm. there's a lot of references to other action films in yeah. this. Um the bit at the very end you're talking about is yeah. from like Die Hard. Oh yeah. Remember this when he's, I can't really say what happens. Yeah. But when that happens at the end to the villain mm-hmm. and he's doing that. Yeah. You know it's Die Hard. Oh uh, yeah. It, another bit uh, is. Um, it looked just like that. <laughs> it did, and then there's another bit where uh, they're in a car and they're coming out of a uh, parking garage, like yeah. flying out of a parking garage and, yeah. s- and crashing through a uh, a little. 
I guess it's a barricade uh-huh. or whatever, and it's a wooden barricade, and it's shattering, and it's a slow-mo, and one character's face is, like, excited, and the other one is completely bored. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's just, there are all these little things in there like that that will just roll you into the aisle. I mean, it's f- so funny. So funny. So, let's talk about why. Let's get back to okay. why. Why. Why we're not using Rotten Tomatoes anymore. And again... It's not Rotten Tomatoes' fault. It's not. No. We're not blaming Rotten Tomatoes. They're just doing their job. Yeah. Um, it's that these Hollywood critics, they just, they are very jaded, it seems. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. don't seem to really, they're not really, they, they have a real disconnect with the audience. Yeah. It seems lately. And uh, it's almost like, it's almost like unless it's some Wes Anderson movie or something, they don't. <laughs> think it's good at all. Now, one way, I was thinking about this, one way you could use Rotten Tomatoes is just look at the uh, people that go on there and review it. Not the reviewers, but the Mm -hmm. people that go see the movie and then they put their review on. Because usually people are a lot more honest than than reviewers. Yeah. And there's even been cases of reviewers um, because they work for a certain paper Mm -hmm. and because that paper is then owned by certain movie companies, they have to say, oh, this movie's great. Right. And they also have to, like, bash movies from other companies. Mm -hmm. So that goes on, and we know it goes on. We're on to you, reviewers. We know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, it's kind of of like what's going on in the video game industry. There's these, you know, YouTuber mm -hmm. stars and... uh, these video game companies will pay them to, and this has been proven, there's proof, they will, they're paid to do advanced, good advanced reviews for these games and tell gamers that these games are great games and some uh-huh. of them just are terrible, right. buggy, terrible games. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, this kind of stuff goes on. So what you need to do is, what are some things we could do? I mean, for one thing, listen to your friends. right. I mean, your friends are going to tell you, your friends know you, they're going to tell you, okay, you like this movie, you won't like this movie, whatever. I usually, like Richard, when he goes and sees a film, if he tells me I need to see it, I'm going to see it. Because Richard, you know, he's never been wrong. I've never been, I've never had him steer me wrong as far as like, uh, oh, you'll like this movie, you need to see it. So I watch it. Um, but uh, well, we disagree sometimes. We do disagree sometimes, but like, most general of the time, I mean, you, 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 you kind of know what I want. Yeah, but you, you know? kind of, I think you probably disagreed with me on Power Rangers. But <laughs> probably. Probably, yeah. but I guess <laughs> it it's okay. just because, it's just be, I think it's just because it's not from your era. Yeah. But, but I mean, of your, of your it's kind of my yeah, 90s kids it thing. It is, it is but, a 90s kids thing. But, you know, still, I think we agree <laughs> on most stuff. Sure. Sure. Um, another way you can really, uh, I mean, just, you know, you can watch a trailer and you can usually tell whether you're going to want to see mm-hmm. that or not. I mean, you and you know which actors you like. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, some, there are certain movies I'll just go see anything to make. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy? Yeah. Dude, I'll go see any Tom Hardy movie. Yeah, yeah you, sh- you know, not always with a trailer. <laughs> Sometimes trailers are cut really wrong. Like, they are. Like uh, the Ghostbusters. They were movie that was cut really bad. They marketed they, it, that movie so wrong. They did. It just looked the way they cut it looked made it look terrible, and it was actually a pretty great. It film. was a great movie. I mean, I really loved Ghostbusters, uh, the Ghostbusters yeah. remake or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. I'm again, I say it's a sequel, but you know that's for another podcast, right? Um, 
So uh, until let's see what. So okay. So uh, this week's uh, dollar rental of the week. What do we got? Uh, another Netflix film. It's called Ark. Ark, A R Q. Ark, mm-hmm. and it stars uh, Robbie Amell, right? And right, who's, who's Robbie the... Amell and uh, uh, Rachel Taylor. Rachel Taylor. Okay. Um, you know, it's a pretty cool film. I'm a, I, again, again, our pledge. We're not going to spoil it, but. Nope. We say, should you watch this? Is it watchable? It's watchable. Definitely watchable. Okay. Yeah. It's watchable. Um, maybe it's also, a, maybe uh, a little bit anticlimactic. That a was, little, yeah. that's, that's a little bit my issue with it. Don't expect a big, awesome ending. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say that. I just, yeah. It's not, it's not the spinning top. So also, it's kind of a, what's interesting about this movie is it's a, uh, Kind of a post-apocalyptic right. Groundhog Day, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could describe it as that. Post-apocalyptic right. Groundhog Day, basically, is what it is. This guy's built a um, time machine thing. Well, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know it. It's a. It, it's, it's meant to be a generator yeah, to create energy. Because in their world, mm-hmm. uh, electricity's gone yeah. and nobody has any. So he's decided he's going to build some... He builds this perpetual energy machine that mm-hmm. basically generates its own energy and doesn't require fuel. Sure, and there's like this big corporation that yeah. I can't remember what they're called because I haven't watched this in a little while. But yeah. but um, they want to take control of this thing so sure. they can control all the energy in the world. But it's one of those things where you you know you experience some of the storyline and then it resets and then you have a, they they experience it again and again and again and they're experiencing it over and over again and they're kind of trying to change things as they go. Right, and you you learn more and more about what's going on, you know, as the film progresses. So, um, but like I said, the very ending of the film was really anticlimactic. Yeah, it kind of, it really... kind of wanting more. Yeah, it really leaves you, know? you wanting, and we probably <laughs> won't get anything else. Probably not, because it's, you know, it's one of those little, little low-budget films. Right. For the budget it had, it had a pretty, had a pretty decent special yeah, effects. Yeah, I mean, and, it was, it was produced you know, by Netflix, though, Yeah, so. a pretty decent story. You know, I mean, the story's pretty good, and... And the characters are believable, right? Know? So, uh, Ark's pretty good little film. What would you? Uh, we should probably give like ratings, like one to sure. five. What do you think? I would give it a three. A three. A I'd solid give it a three. solid three. Definitely a solid three out of five. Yeah. Okay. So until next time, I'm Roger Colby, and I'm Richard Coots.